Hey, let's get into this today. Uh, you know, last week I gave a message. I even just sat down right here in a chair because uh, it was kind of family talk style. And today's going to be sort of like that as well. So if you're new, uh, this is a great time to be here because you're going to get this little, you know, family talk vibe. But, um, you know, I gave my testimony in the four times that I've heard from God most clearly in my life. And a few of those were very, very, very clear, uh, kind of backed up by some prophetic things that happened in my life and other people. Um, and you can go back and watch that. I believe it's on YouTube. If you want to hear the story, uh, even of how Radical Church got started, uh, go back on YouTube and watch last week's message because that will really help you uh, set the stage for, for what I'm about to say today. But today is kind of like part two to my testimony, all right? And I wanted to give this message because it really even gives more of an insight into who I am. But as you learn, as you get to know me and as I get to know you a little bit, but as you guys get to know me, you're gonna be able to get to know our church, right? Because uh, I believe that leadership starts from the top and it trickles down to everybody else. And so listen, I want you to know who I am so that you can know who Radical Church is. And once we know who Radical Church is, then that's how we impact the world, right? And so we can make sure we're all on the same page here and we know what we're going for. What's the goal? What's the the mission? What's the vision of our church? And so um, I'm going to tell you a few stories, but I mean, I was raised in, in a large non-denominational church. And I told the story last week, how I was, uh, my pastor let me play guitar on stage when I was 15 years old in front of, you know, four or 5,000 people, a song that I had wrote and the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And that's how I was called into ministry. And it was a great church. I mean, it's where I learned to love God. It's where I learned to, uh, I got my foundation of, of who I was going to be as, as a believer. And it was an amazing church and, and had great kids leaders. Listen, let me tell you today, there's people over here that are taking care of your kids. And if you think that kids ministry is not important, you need to do a heart check right now. Okay, listen, because I was saved when I was seven years old. All right. I gave my heart to the Lord at a kid's camp. I called my mom on a payphone and told my mom that I had given my life to Jesus. And ever since then, my life was completely changed. And so I just want to give a huge shout out. Our kids pastor, uh, Caroline and her husband, Stephen are at home right now. I hope they're watching right now. Uh, they just had their second child. Her name is Aurora. And can we give it up for them, for our kids pastor? They're at home, they're taking, they're taking about six weeks off and I just wanna say, we love you guys a ton and in our kids ministry, uh, Rachel, our youth director is, is helping out over there for the next few weeks and they're just killing it over there, helping your kids find Jesus on their level. I'm telling you, it's amazing, all right? Um, so I went there, I was called into ministry, kinda got that foundation, but then uh, when I was in high school, I ended up going to a different church and it was very much like a charismatic church, okay? Pentecostal, charismatic. I'm talking like the whole nine yards, like running up and down the aisles. I mean, there's people like falling out places in the front. There's people like shaking and people like speaking in tongues everywhere. And I was like, what in the world is happening right now? I had never been in that kind of environment in my life. I didn't know what was going on. I knew that, that the Holy Spirit was real. And I had had some experiences with myself where I knew that I was like baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that was a thing that I knew that I had had within me. And, and so I was trying to figure out like, what do I think about all this? Right. And I was seeing and some crazy miracles happen. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Uh, and so I went there, but then while I was going to this charismatic church in high school, uh, I was going to a Lutheran high school. 
very, very opposite, okay? Very opposite vibe, all right? So I go to church. It's like, it's like crazy town on Sunday mornings. I go to my Lutheran high school, and it is very, very reserved. It's very uh, tradition-oriented, the liturgy of it all. And I had never been in that kind of an environment either. Maybe I know a lot of people in this church actually grew up Catholic, people that grew up Catholic or Lutheran uh, that had been in that church for years and years and had never even stepped foot into a church like Radical until they came here, like 30 30, 40 years, and they were just like, whoa, this is so different. That's how I felt when I went to my Lutheran high school. I was like, this is so, so different. And uh, I never felt like, to be honest, that I fit in anywhere. All right. I just never felt like I fit in uh, because at my church, I was the moderate one, right? I mean, I was the guy that was kind of maybe being a little bit more analytical of things. And, and, and you know, some of my friends were just like, whoa you know, just like going on the, you know, going on the wave with like the Holy Spirit and where I was kind of just like, you know, like, is this like real? You know, like I believe that's real, but like some of that, I feel like, you know, maybe this is just for attention. You know, like, can we just talk about this and like, maybe have like a conversation about what's happening right now. And you know, some of it was just like, I don't know if I understand this fully trying to get some, uh, you know, put some flesh around the bones of what was happening there. And I was the moderate one. I mean, I believed in spiritual gifts and I had experienced many, many miracles, but I also had this this earnest desire for accountability and also to reach the lost. You know, that's something I really had this desire for. And I felt like maybe this is kind of all a lot more about us. And it's like, where are the people that are outside of the church? I never really had somebody bring a friend. You know, that's not the, that's not the church you brought a friend to. You know what I'm saying? Like you bring your friend from high school, like, hey, why don't you come to church with me? You did not do that there because they would never go back. All right. They're like, you Christians are crazy. I'm not ever going back to that place. All right. Um, so I had this, this desire to reach the lost. But then in my school, at the Lutheran high school, now I'm the extreme one, you know, I'm the crazy kid because I played my guitar in chapel, y'all, oh Lord. I played my guitar in chapel and you thought that they were literally about to burn the place down because I was like a heretic, all right, you know? I brought my guitar and I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just like playing my guitar. I'm just trying to praise Jesus here, you know? Like, I don't know why that's such a problem. And, um, you know, so, but, but it was great because I learned so much about that liturgy and, and tradition and, and reverence for God's word was really at the, the priority for them. And, and I loved that because that was something I felt like I was kind of missing in, in some ways at the church I was going to at the time. But, but then at the same time, I'm like, man, there's, they're missing so much of what God has for them. Like, I know that there's more than this. Like, there's no power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, the Holy Spirit was working in that school. And, but I just really believed there was, there was more, you know. And I had seen it. I had felt it. I, I believed it, that the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit were real. And there was so much more that, that they were missing out on. And so I, I had this time in my life where I felt like I never fit in anywhere. And went to Assemblies of God College, and that's where I kind of started to learn more about uh, both of these things. You know, I started to learn about hermeneutics, how to study my Bible really well. And, but then I also uh, was learning about the gifts of the Spirit and going back into Scripture and looking in, in the book of Acts and seeing all these things that happened and, and trying to figure out, hey, what, what's possible today for God to do? What's possible that, that he could do in, in our world today? And also learning, you know, like Greek and Hebrew and all these different things and learning these different ways to study the Word and all that. It was really, really amazing. And then from 19 to 22, I left college after a year and a half and went online. I got this job in San Antonio and 19 to 22, I worked for two different churches. And one, the first one I worked for was very, very much geared towards believers, right? It was very geared towards 
people that already knew Jesus, you know, kind of the same deal in a sense as my other church, but not like charismatic, but it was definitely geared towards people who knew God already. It wasn't often that you saw somebody come into the church that didn't know Jesus and had like this radical salvation story. It was more just like, yeah, you know, like we used to go to this church down the road and like now we want to go here because, you know, some stuff happened over there. And I was like, okay, I mean, like whatever, you know, and that happens. I understand that. Um, But that was kind of more the norm than having somebody come in that didn't know Jesus at all, you know, and, and get saved. And, um, so I went to that church and a lot of it was doom and gloom kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't know if this is my vibe. Like, I don't feel like I fit in here either. And I'm still just trying to find like, where do I fit in in this world? Like, what kind of Christian am I going to be? Like, like, why am I not this culture? None of these cultures are really fitting who I am. And, um, then, so I went kind of, I think the complete opposite direction. And I think I swung the pendulum completely the other way. And the second church I worked at was very, very much geared towards non-believers. And they would tell you that like to your face, you're a Christian. They'd be like, yeah, like this church is not for you. It's for people that don't know Jesus. And I've heard pastors say that before. And I think it's a very, uh, I understand what they're saying. Like, Hey, if you find Jesus at this church, the day that you become a believer in Jesus, there's the day that this church is no longer for you because we're on mission to reach people for Jesus. And that sounds great right? It does. And I think it really has some merit. And I believe that honestly, uh, in a sense that I understand, Hey, we are on mission and it's not, church is not all about us. And we're trying to rip that consumeristic stuff out of us that says that church is about me, right? What we just sang about, like, I'm sorry, Lord, if I'm making this thing about me, because I know it's all about you and what you want to do in this world and and the people that you want to reach. And so, um, and the problem that I found is that in every stage of my life, in all these places that I had been, from growing up in that non-denominational church to the charismatic church, the Lutheran high school, the church that was for the believers, the church that was for the unbeliever, I started to notice this thing that it didn't matter where they were from, but many, many of my friends were falling away from God and they weren't believing in Jesus anymore. And so now I'm thinking, okay, so it doesn't even matter what church you went to. It doesn't matter what school, Christian school you went to. It doesn't matter what environment you even grew up in. There's so many of my friends that aren't even believing in God. The people that were seeing these crazy miracles happening and rolling around in the front, they don't even believe in God anymore. And then the people that went to this Lutheran high school that were very like into the word and so, uh, so obsessed with the theology behind everything, even they aren't believing in the Lord anymore. So I'm like, well, what does it even matter, right? It doesn't even matter. And I started to get really frustrated. And even I had a season of running away from God. And I started to ask myself this question internally. It's like, what is the purpose of church? Like, what is the purpose? Like, why are we even here? You know, like, what's, what's the point of it? It's a frustrated question that I would ask myself very, very often. Is it to equip the saints for ministry or is it to reach the lost? I don't, I don't really know what it's for. And, and for years, I struggled with this thought of balance. There was a, this thought in my head of what's the balance of church? And I thought if I could just find a church that, that balances maybe these things well, that balances these things the right way. Well, maybe that's the church I'll be a part of. And I think many people have that same thought, right? You have things that are important to you, things that you care about, right? And you're like, well, maybe I'm looking for like this kind of a thing in the church. I'm looking for this kind of thing in the church. And, and you have this, this thought of this balance, it kind of like, you know, this seesaw right here. But, you know, I, I'll get to this in a second because actually just leave that on the screen because we're going to get to that. But I went to my next church in Oklahoma City area and 
It's called Discovery Church, and that's actually our parent church that helped us come down here and, and plant. And me and my wife ended up there for five years. It was amazing. But when I first got there, I immediately felt like I was at home. Immediately felt like I was at home. And the reason is because I finally had found a place that I felt like valued the gifts of the Spirit as much as they valued the Word of God that valued accountability as much as they valued experiencing the power and presence of God as well. And it was an amazing thing. My pastor taught me how to, how to balance these things in a sense. And, and I absolutely loved my time there. And, and he gave me this picture while I was at Discovery Church of a seesaw, just like this. I saw it in my head and I had this picture of a seesaw. And, and, and this is how I thought about church for so, so long. There was this kind of, on one side, there was, uh, you know, equipping the saints. And on the other side, there was reaching the lost, right? Those were the two things that I kind of saw in my head. Equip the saints, reach the lost. What's the purpose of church? And we're going to balance these two things and kind of go back and forth. And the idea of balance, though, is, is frustrating to me. And, and I'll never... I'll never correct somebody if they use this term of balance, like, oh, we gotta find some balance here. And I understand what they're saying, but I think the Lord gave me a word that I choose to use that helps me understand it a little bit more. Because the idea of balance implies that maybe there's 50% of the weight on one side and 50% of the weight is on the other side. And if anything is off in that weight, well, then it kind of leans one way or the other. And there's this struggle and it kind of implies there's this struggle between the two weights that are going back and forth. And if maybe one starts to go too far, then you kind of have to put some more weight on the other side and bring it back or, or, or take some weight off of that side and bring it back to where it's more balanced. And, and the Lord spoke to me as, as I was kind of getting this picture of this right here. And he said, there is no balance in the kingdom. There's only fullness. There is no balance in the kingdom of God, but there is fullness in the kingdom of God. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, like, that sounds cool, Lord, but what does that mean? Like, what is this fullness that you're talking about? And so I started to look to scripture and I'm like, Lord, what do you mean? And he took me back to the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And what we learn here is that there's actually a fullness found in Jesus himself. Jesus was not 50-50 in anything that he did, all right? Jesus was not 50% about reaching the lost and 50% about uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and experiencing the, the kingdom of God that has now come into this place. Jesus was not 50% of anything. Let me tell you, he was the fullness of the kingdom of God and he modeled this fullness by teaching us first to what? Go. Go, right? Get out of where you're at. Go reach the lost, okay? That's the first thing he says to do. The second thing he says here is make disciples, which kind of helps us to understand, okay, oh, this is the part where we're supposed to equip the saints now. This is, this is what the church is for, okay? And then the last part I think is so important. It says baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which also shows us the fullness of God himself. That there's not just one part of God, right? But he's three persons in one, the fullness of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in perfect harmony and unity to help advance the kingdom of God in this world. There is a fullness that we see here. And, and when you look to these different things, 
It really helps me to understand the purpose and the mission of the church. I mean, this is the last thing that Jesus really says right before he leaves and, and ascended back to the Father. It's one of the last things he tells his disciples to do, and, and I believe that it is for us as well. And how many of you know, the last thing that somebody says to you right before they leave is generally going to be the most important thing, right? I've said this before, but, but right when your wife is about to leave and she gives you that one last instruction right before she closes the door, like, hey, you better make sure to take out the trash, okay? All right, and then she closes the door and leaves. Listen, if you forget that one thing and she comes, what's the first thing she's going to do when she comes back? Did you take out the trash like I asked you to? And you're like, oh, no, I forgot, you know? And you're going to be in big trouble, dudes, okay? The last thing that somebody says right before they leave is usually going to be fairly important, all right? And this kind of sums up a lot of what Jesus and pretty much everything that Jesus wanted us to do after he had left. But here's the deal. You have this picture of the seesaw. If you put that back up, I just want to see that for a second, a little bit longer, the seesaw with the equip the saints reach the lost. It'd be a little bit easier, a lot of bit easier, just to pick one of these and just go all in on it, right? It's a lot easier just to say, well, we're going to be all about the lost. This is what we're going to do as a church. This is our mission. This is our vision. We're going to be all about reaching people. We're going to get out. This, if you're a Christian, listen, that's great, but this church is not for you. We're going to reach the community. We're going to see people say it's going to be great. And I love that. That's a good thing. And, but we might have trouble with that. If we say, you know what? We want to equip the saints we're going to equip you. We're going to do Bible studies, right? And we're going to have small groups. We're going to get everybody in here. We're going to just have these theological discussions. It's going to be great. We're going to really dig into the word, have this accountability. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be this great community of believers and we're going to, you know, really lift up the Lord together. And it's going to kind of be all about us. Here's the problem. We can build a church maybe where everybody loves Jesus and prioritizes spiritual gifts a place where everybody that's here believes in God already. And maybe let's, let's be real that, you know, the tithe checks flow in like a river. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's like, we love Jesus here. We love it. Come on, pastor. Let's do some more. Right. And everybody gets it and everybody understands it and all that stuff. Maybe the church is a little bit smaller because we're kind of all about us. We're not really reaching out. We might experience God in a beautiful way. And that's amazing. But I think when you do it that way, you might miss the heart of God in a sense to leave the 99 to find the one, right? When the church is all about us and we make it all about us, even like this song said, when it's all about you and me and, and how we can be equipped and, and it's just about us, we forget that Jesus said that I came to seek and save the lost. That was his mission when he came here is to seek and save the lost and to leave the 99 to find the one. And, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and these religious leaders would get on to him all the time about eating with sinners. <gasps> He would hang out with people that weren't in the church, hang out with people that society deemed as maybe less than, or especially we, I just preached this message a little bit ago about the Samaritan woman and, and this lady who was in adultery and she had had, you know, five husbands, right? And the guy she's living with now is not even her husband. Jesus goes and has a conversation with her and completely changes her life. Listen, if the church was all about the church, Jesus would have never talked to that lady, right? Maybe we miss the heart of God if we go all in on that, right? And we can also build a church where, we reach the lost as our priority then. Well, well, Jesus leaves the 99 to find the one. Well, let's go do that. Let's, let's, let's go leave all you people behind and then I'm gonna go out in here and try to find some other people, you know? Um, we can do that and, and the church will be relevant. It'll be cool, right? We'll have some cool sermon series. I'll have Tim dress up as Bon Jovi. 
he could sing some songs, you know what I mean? Like Justin Bieber, you know what I mean? Like we did that at our other church, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like he, he, he did a Justin Bieber song one time. It was pretty cool, you know? But you know, like it's relevant. It's cool, you know? Like, ah, oh, we're going to get all these people in and we'll save thousands of people and the community is going to love us. And the problem is, is when you build a church that way and you go all in on that, maybe you might miss out on all that God has for you. I believe that there's more in the same way I looked at my Luther in high school and I was like, God, man, there's just so much more for you guys that I just don't think that you, you're not stepping into the fullness of God and everything that he has in your life that's possible. And so what's the harder thing to do? What's the harder thing to do? Which one is going to be more difficult? In my opinion, the hardest thing to do is both. That's the hardest thing to do. How can we equip the saints? How can I help you guys do ministry and, 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 and reach the lost yourselves? How can I equip you guys to be Christ followers and have great families, healthy marriages and, and healthy kids and all this stuff? And, and we can learn about finances. We can learn about the word of God and become more like Jesus. And, and I can do all that and I, we can help you as a church. How do we do that? But maybe also, how are we reaching the lost? How are we bringing people in? I mean, like, like going out into this world and not just being all about ourselves, you know, it's much more difficult to do both of these things. Fullness in the Holy Spirit, fullness in the word, fullness in experiencing God, but also fullness in discipleship and accountability, right? This is, this is the struggle that I live in, okay? Every single day, this is what I think about. I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. I think about this all the time. This is my job as, as your pastor and as a pastor of this church. And this is what God has called me to. And this is what God has called our church to. And it's not just to do one or the other because it'd be easier, but God is calling this church and this house to do the best we can to live in the middle of that struggle, to find the fullness of God and to do both of those things. Listen, I want you to be equipped and I want you to have every tool that you need to live your life for Jesus. But I also want us to be on mission, y'all. We are on mission just like Jesus was to get out of our comfort zone and tell people about Jesus. I love, love, love when people come in and they find Jesus for the first time and, you know, somebody raises their hand and say, I, you know, I want to give my heart to Jesus. That's amazing. But you know what I would also love is to equip you guys to the point where you could feel comfortable and you would be, feel like you are able to go out into your community and help tell others about Jesus. And then you bring them in and say, hey, I just want to let you know, this is my friend and they just got saved recently. I was telling them about Jesus and now they want to come to church, Right? We can see both of those things happen and those are both really good things. It's not uh, mutually exclusive. You can't, you don't have to just do one or the other. Listen, I'm saying let's do both, y'all. This is the reason why I believe that. If you chase after the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you chase after the gifts, but not the giver, what do you get? You get chaos and confusion. If you chase after the gifts that God provides, you chase after the Holy Spirit, you chase after these gifts and, and the things, right? You miss out on the giver himself. And you might disobey Paul's teaching, right, to, um, or excuse me, but you might hear, I never knew you from Jesus when you die. That's in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. I'm chasing after these gifts, but I don't actually know who God is. And I feel like sometimes that's maybe what some of my friends, maybe, and even me, myself for a little while, was doing in my charismatic church when I was growing up. We were just chasing after the, the miracle, chasing after, oh, the cool thing that God could do. And we weren't really actually chasing after God himself. And that's not sustainable over the long haul, right? But if you chase after the giver and not the gifts, what do you get? You get knowledge, but no power. 
You have the knowledge of God, but you don't have the power that he offers. And listen, this is the, this is the struggle that I think we live in. Because Paul says to earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, earnestly desire all the gifts of the Spirit. We should want to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit working within our body, working within us as individuals, within our families. Listen, I want to learn how to prophesy just as much as I see in the New Testament in the book of Acts. I want to see healings come out of this church. When people have cancer, listen, I want to be able to pray over them and see them healed in the name of Jesus. That COVID would would just get gone in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I believe that these things are possible. And, and do you believe them too, right? Because I do. And that's what we're going to be about as a church is, is believing for the big things that God has for us. And, and Jesus did both of these things. Listen, he went out and, and he just didn't walk around and being like, hey, I'm the son of God, right? How did he prove himself to, to be the son of God? How did he prove his authority, right? He, he didn't just walk around and talk to people and use scriptures, right? He did that. He, he, he held them accountable and he called out the religious people and he's like, no, 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 listen, you guys aren't understanding. Like he talked theology with them, but at the same time, he has the power and authority to back it up by healing people, by blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, raising people from the dead. Listen, there's this power that you might miss out on if you don't chase after the gifts, but we also have to chase after the giver primarily. Now, here's the caveat, all right? It sounds like I could be dissing on all these places I've been before, okay? Listen, I'm telling you, I'm not, I promise. This isn't a diss on any church or any style or anything that anybody else is doing because you know what? I believe that God uses all of the body of Christ to advance the kingdom of God. Every single church, every single leader, every single church member is called to something specific, all right? And maybe there's people that can get reached at one church that we won't be able to reach. There's people that could get reached at another church that we won't be able to reach. And listen, I am grateful for that. But what is God calling me? And what is God calling this house to is to try our best to live in the struggle, to live in the middle of what it looks like to experience the fullness of God and the fullness of Christ. And I'm friends with people on every side of the spectrum. So I can say I've been through all of it. I've, I've had all these experiences and I really do believe that the reason why I've been through all these things is that God was preparing me for this time and this season. And, and I think the reason why I felt like I never fit in anywhere, if I'm being honest, isn't because everyone else is wrong, right? That's not why I never, it's, it's not like that. I don't fit in anywhere. It's because you guys are doing it all wrong and Radical Church is gonna do it right, okay? That's not how I want us. I don't want us to have some like, some messed up weird, you know, holy, like righteousness about us that we're like the best church around and everyone else is doing it wrong. Listen, that's not what it is. But this is what God is calling us to. He's calling me to a specific purpose for this community. And it's my joy and it is my passion and my purpose to wrestle with what it means to live in the middle of this fullness for the rest of my life. And this is what I believe that God calls each and every one of us to as well. It's to live in the middle of it, to wrestle with it. How can we reach people around us and, and, and also make sure that I'm, I'm growing in my faith as well. And I wanna encourage you with this too. I've, I've heard this before and I haven't had anybody say this at Radical Church yet, but there's been some people that have said this. You might've heard this before. Somebody would be like, well, we're just gonna go here because you know, I wasn't really getting fed at my last church, okay? Listen, I understand what you mean by that, but here's the problem. Church has become such a consumeristic thing, 
right? Where I go to church on a Sunday morning so that I can get something from the pastor, right? Because I have needs that need to be met, okay? And if, and if the pastor's not available for me 24-7 when I'm going through something, then that's a big problem. Listen, be faithful to the church first, all right? Because there'll be some people, y'all won't even be here for like four months or something like that, five months, and then you run back when something's wrong and expect us to drop everything that we're doing for your issue. Listen, be faithful to the church first, right? This is what it's called. This is what it's all about is being faithful to the house, being faithful to the body, being faithful to this community of people that are all working through this thing together. But listen, out the flip side of that, I understand. It doesn't absolve me of, of, of my need to help you guys grow in your faith as well. So there's always two sides to every coin, right? It's not like it's just all about you guys or all about the church or all about the lost. Listen, there's two sides to every single coin. We're gonna do the best we can as a church, as a leadership team to help equip you to be the best Christ follower that you can be, to step into the fullness of the purposes that God has for you in your life, for your family, for your kids. Man, I'm telling you, I believe that God has a plan for you and we wanna be a part of that. We want to help you and to step into everything that God has for you. For sure, we want to be a part of that. But at the same time, if you're somebody that comes in and you come to church for an hour on Sunday and then you, for the rest of the week, act like God doesn't exist, listen, what does that make you? It makes you a baby, all right? Because you say, listen, I'm going to get fed myself, all right? But, but I need somebody to feed me. What do, who's the people in life that gets fed by other people? Babies, okay? Listen, we need to grow in maturity in our walk with Christ, all right? We need to learn to start feeding ourselves throughout the week. Listen, get into your Bible, people. Get into prayer. Sit down and pray and ask God to speak to you what he would have for you. And then when you come into church on a Sunday morning, it's a beautiful thing. Why? Because we are already prayed up. We've been in our Bibles all week. We've been worshiping all week. Worship is a lifestyle, not just a song. It's not just a Sunday morning thing that we do. So when we come in on Sunday morning, y'all, we can expect that God is gonna move because we've been with him all week, y'all. I'm telling you, this is what the body of Christ should look like. And, and I'm telling you, this is what we're going to do as a church. And so my prayer, really, at the end of the day, I, I promise, if I sound mad, I'm really not, okay? Like, I'm just passionate about this, okay? Don't, act, don't, don't make it seem like I'm attacking or anything like that. I just have such a passion for this. This is what I want us to be about. Our mission is to help people find the radical love of Jesus. And this is it right here. It's to reach the lost, number one to equip the saints, to help you in your walk with Jesus and to radically love our community. Show people that Jesus has an amazing, radical, crazy love for them that they could never find anywhere else in this world. Come on, I think that that's something we can all give a shout and an amen to because this is the heart of God right here. I'm telling you, this is the heart of God and this is the heart of our church and this is what we're gonna be about. So with that, will you all stand up with me today? I would hope and pray that if you're new here, that this is something that you would say, hey, I wanna get behind this. I wanna be a part of this because this is something that I really do believe is gonna shape and change our entire city. It's gonna shape and change Hayes County and beyond. I really believe that you are the beginning of what God wants to do in this city. Yes, there's other churches that are doing amazing things around here. And we're gonna work with them the best way that we can because I believe that we're gonna be able to reach people that other churches won't. They're gonna be able to reach people that we won't. Listen, we are all the body of Christ. We are in this thing together. We wanna help you in your walk, but we're gonna empower you to go out and live like Christ every day. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for your spirit. 
I thank you for the experiences that you have given me in, in my life that have shaped me up until this point that have helped me to kind of have this passion to, to, to reach the lost and to equip the saints to help people find you and, and be discipled and, and learn more about your word, learn more about who you are. And God, I pray ultimately at the end of it all that we would be a people that are about others. We would be a people that are not about ourselves and what we can get, but what we can give, Lord. Because Jesus, that was who you were. You gave everything that you had away, Lord. You gave your life so that we could live. And so, Father, we give our lives so that others can live. We give ourselves to our community and, and to our families every day. Father, I pray that you would give us uh, the wisdom uh, and the know-how to be able to, uh, to, to, to reach out to those around us and that you would give us the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit to back it up. That it wouldn't just be talk, but it would be action. It wouldn't just be us saying, hey, this is who Jesus is. But listen, we're going to show who Jesus is by the way that we live and by the authority that we carry every single day, wherever we go. Whether it's at Walmart, whether it's at work, whether it's at new Costco that's about to come in, Lord Jesus, thank you. Wherever it is, Father, we are going to just literally share your presence with everyone around us. And I pray that there's maybe some people out here today that would say, I'm going to buy into what's happening at Radical Church. I'm going to buy in to inviting my friends to church. I'm going to buy in to going out into the community, going out into my circle of influence and sharing Jesus with others. And when they get saved, I'm going to bring them to radical church. Come on, I, Father, I pray that you would help us to understand the gifts of the Spirit even more clearly, that the prophetic would break out, that healings would break out in the name of Jesus. Father, that words of knowledge and words of wisdom would break out, that you would help us to have accountability with one another as we are walking through this thing together. Lord, if there's people that are struggling with sin, that we would be able to, uh, to be accountable to one another, that iron would sharpen iron in this church and this body, and we would lift each other up in every season we go through. Father, I pray that you would help us in the struggle, help us in the middle of reaching the lost and equipping the saints to remind each and every one of us that Jesus, you were the fullness of all of these things, that we can experience the same fullness in you. Why? Because we know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And we are to share the spirit of God wherever we go. So Father, I thank you for this church. I just bless each and every one of these people that are here today. Would you bless them? Bless their families. Bless them financially, Lord. Bless them with new jobs. Bless them with, uh, uh, with new relationships, Lord. Bless them with uh, strengthened relationships and, 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 and new children, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this church would just be a fruitful and productive church in every sense, Father. We just thank you so much for what you're doing. And I pray blessing over everyone here today in Jesus' name. Amen.